0: Another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. What's going on? Jeremy Rushing here for episode 77 of the cast, presented by Stimulus Athletic. If you haven't left us a review over on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify now, you can leave ratings and reviews over on Spotify. Please do that. And if you haven't uh, subscribed to the podcast, please do let you know when we drop a new episode. It's right there in your feed, ready for you every Friday morning. Sometimes we drop bonus episodes. And, of course, we have post-loons coming up. When the Minneapolis or when the Minnesota United season starts here in just a few weeks, and so we'll be dropping post game podcasts after every game, so it'll be right there in your feed for you if you hit that subscribe button on Ten Thousand Pitches. A little bit later on, uh, someone who you think have, at seventy seven episodes we have had we would have had on once or maybe even twice at this point, but we've never had him on before until now. Minneapolis City Head Coach Matt Van Benskoten. Never had him on the podcast before. It's his debut on 10,000 Pitches. Great conversation with him about everything coming up here in 2022 for the Crows. So stick around for that conversation. But first, we're going to talk about a few things. Actually, I'm recording this Thursday night. Uh, A lot of things have happened today on Thursday in the world of uh, local Minnesota soccer. Um, But we're going to start with what some on Twitter are calling the Copa Frisadores. And uh, I think that's honestly the perfect name for it. I was there at Allianz Field Wednesday night. Um, I believe it was four degrees at kickoff. And then it dropped down. To, I think negative one was the air temp with wind chills in the negative teens. By the time we hit full time. in the three nail uh, U.S. win. I mean, cool to see a win. I was in sort of the Wonderwall American Outlaws section. That was a lot of fun. Um, I was prepared. Two pairs of gloves, three pairs of socks, three pairs of pants, like you know, four different layers in the torso, a couple different hats, had my mask. So I was, you know, I was prepped and ready to go. First half was good, but yeah, uh, not gonna lie, second half, the uh the toes and the uh the the fingers, even with the hand warmers, were getting a little a little uh numb. Uh not too bad though. And uh it was still it was a cool experience. I tweeted this out after the game. Uh, I had a blast at the game talking to some, uh, you know, people who follow the U.S. men's national team around the country um, and, you know, wanted to come to this game to kind of be in that environment, be in that atmosphere. Um, A lot of local people recognize a lot of faces at the game, too, or a lot of uh, faces that I saw pulled down either drinking the hot chocolate or a beer, or you know, eating some food, uh, the faces I could see, I recognized. Uh, so that was a lot of fun too. A mixture of like local and, and, uh, you know, national us men's national team supporters. It was really, really cool. Um, had a lot of fun, but I never want to do it again. <laughs> it was, it was a cool one time thing, but I'm going to disagree with, uh, you know, friend Derek Swanson over at night street soccer and coffee. I, I never want to do that again. I do not want to make it an annual thing. Uh, Two Honduras players had to go off due to hypothermia at halftime. Um, I don't think maybe we should be subjecting our players and opposing players to that kind of environment anymore. But it was really, really cool for one time thing. I'm actually kind of glad it happened once, but never again, U.S. soccer. Never again. Uh, uh, Some more news breaking today uh, on the Minnesota soccer front. Uh, Minnesota Aurora FC, the USLW league team taking the field in May. We now have a stadium, and a schedule for Minnesota Aurora. This is cool. So they'll be playing at the TCO Performance Center Stadium there in Eagan. Uh, I think they officially call that area Viking Lakes. Um, but anyways, the, the the new Performance Center for the Vikings, um, the outdoor stadium is going to be where Minnesota Aurora play their home games. And honestly, that's a perfect place for, uh, I think, a lower league soccer team to, to kind of at least at least get started playing because it's a huge parking lot, a lot of room, um, there's concessions, kind of all the infrastructure you would really need to kind of have a successful match day environment is all right there. And it's all right there for you at TCO. Um, I, I'm not sure. I've been there a couple times for like Vikings training camp as my fiance is a huge Vikings fan. Uh, so we've been there a couple times for training camp. Uh, but I never noticed, I don't even know, do they have soccer lines on the field right now? Someone may have to... Uh, hit us up on Twitter and let us know if that stadium does currently have soccer lines, if they're going to have to put them in, just kind of curious because uh, I've never actually paid that close attention to the field before, but uh, that's going to be their home stadium in 2022. And the season kicks off May 26th. I believe is the first game. Yeah. May 26th hosting green Bay. They're at TCO stadium in Viking lakes, 7 PM kickoff. Um, and there's 12 games for Minnesota Aurora, six home, six road, uh, May 26th through July 9th. Um, so you can hit them up on Twitter, on the socials at MN Aurora FC for all the details there. But really cool that we're sort of getting some clarification on all those little details. I'm kind of, I'm very interested in that stuff when it comes to new teams. Where are they going to play? What's the schedule going to be like? Things like that. So, um, yeah, we're starting to get more clarity on what that USLW league season is going to be like. Hopefully, we get some player announcements here sooner rather than later, just over three months away from that season kicking off for Minnesota Aurora. Um, Over on the Minneapolis city front, their annual sort of financial report was released today via protagonist soccer. Uh, We'll link that in the show notes. Very, very cool, transparent look at kind of everything business-wise that goes on with Minneapolis city, what their budgets look like, what their expenses look like, what their uh, revenue looks like how much they're actually making off merchandise, how much they're making off ticket sales, things like that. They're so transparent about that information, which is huge. But this year, Dan Hudeman, uh, the guy who sort of pins this uh, this 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 recap, um, he took it a step further, and he actually devoted a lot of this recap to kind of giving advice to other clubs who may be looking to get started. Not only, you know... What worked well for Minneapolis city, but also some it's, it's 841 on a Thursday and I've been hanging out with the kids all day. My brain's not exactly working right when it comes to thinking of the right, the right words, but, um, more, I guess, philosophical type things, you know, have your own identity, you know, take some of the things that we're offering here and, and try to apply as many as you can, but don't try to be Minneapolis city, I guess is kind of the main gist. Uh, If I could give like a one sentence summary of what that portion of the article was like, that's basically what it was. Um, So we're not going to dive too deep in it. I I highly encourage you to read it. It's a great read over at protagonistsoccer.com. Of course, you can find the link over on Twitter, on the socials for Minneapolis city at MPLS city SC Um, credit to, to John, Dan, everyone over at Minneapolis city for again, just being so open and honest and transparent about what goes on behind the scenes from business perspective for the Crows and how they're able to be so successful. Um, it's an awesome look, an awesome read, if you're interested. One final thing here before we get into the interview with Crows head coach, Matt Van Benskoten, Um, And that she just, uh, this just broke about an hour or two ago prior to recording. Uh, Connor Tobin will not be with Ford Madison next year on the field or in a front office role. He tweeted that he is uh, that, that the club has sort of just decided to move forward without Turbo. Um, and so and he did not indicate anything about retiring. Um, there is a new and I don't want to you know go into any reckless speculation here, but I think it is worth noting that the new uh, North Colorado Hailstorm team, the expansion club in USL League one over there in Colorado is not too far from Turbo's hometown. Again, no, don't want to speculate than saying, yep, he's for sure going there. That's why he's parting ways in Minneapolis City, or excuse me, why he's parting ways with Ford Madison, why Ford Madison is parting ways with him. But I I think it is worth noting that there is sort of potentially that hometown aspect with Turbo. So um, it's it's sad for Ford Madison fans. This guy was really, um, over the last three years, sort of made himself one with Madison and one with the organization. You know you think of ford madison you you think of turbo um it was a really really big deal last year when he announced that he was coming back in that really really cool announcement video that they made uh but no turbo for the 2022 but no indication that he's retiring either so very very interested to see what the what the future holds for him and meanwhile ford madison's building themselves a, a pretty good roster we talked about the coaching staff but they're starting to really fill out a good roster for 2022. So um, reason to be optimistic. This is kind of a bittersweet moment um, that Turbo will not be a part of the Mingos in 2022. Um, But there's going to be, I think, a good squad on the field for Ford Madison this summer, Uh, a really highly competitive squad in USL League One. So hopefully they can sort of take that next step and move into playoff positioning there in the league. All right, that'll do it for the kind of high-level of this week's news in Minnesota and, uh, you know, relevant Wisconsin soccer. But now it is time to get into our interview with none other than Minneapolis City SC head coach, Matt Van And That will do it for the episode today too, or this week, I should say. Uh, Dom will be back next week, and we will catch you then. Enjoy the interview, and we'll catch you next week. Alright, before we get into this week's interview, we've got to talk about our good friends over at Stimulus Athletic, but this is not going to be kind of your normal promotional uh, podcast ad read for Stimulus Athletic. If you go to their Twitter at info underscore stimulus, you'll see the pinned tweet, and it's a story of Matt Frolik. Now, at just 40, Matt tragically passed away in a car accident in rural Wisconsin on June 26th. Matt Worked as a volunteer coach for a local youth club there in Wisconsin. Now, he leaves behind his wife, Jillian, and young sons Finn and Forrest. Uh, he was an accomplished soccer player, wearing number four during his career. Had a passion for playing, coaching, and watching soccer, particularly the English Premier League. Liverpool was his favorite team, and he always resonated with their slogan, You'll Never Walk Alone. To honor Matt and show their support for Jillian, Finn and Forrest, all any OWSC players and coaches. Now that's the club that Matt volunteered with. They will wear Frolic number 4 jerseys with his favorite slogan, you'll never walk alone. And if you look at the video in the pinned tweets, you'll see that all the kids and everybody there they're wearing that jersey with the number 4 on it. To further honor Matt, Stimulus has donated $1,207 to soccer scholarships in his name, and they hope that the funds will instill that same passion for the game in those players as it did in Matt. Uh, very inspiring story. Obviously, a lot of these stories come from tragedy, uh, but from tragedy sometimes you know some really meaningful and impactful um, things can happen, and uh, that is definitely what's happening. Um, check it out at info underscore stimulus on Twitter. Look at the video and check out all the info there. And huge shout out to our friends over at Stimulus Athletic for helping out and raising that money for those scholarships. All right, interview time on 10K. Now that I've successfully brought down the mood, let's get into the interview with Matt. All right, we are now joined by the head coach of Minneapolis City SC and unfortunately a supporter of Arsenal FC, uh, Matt Van Benskoten. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, man. Appreciate you having me on. How uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so we are recording this on Wednesday afternoon, just hours before the uh, frigid cold uh, U.S. Men's yeah. National Team Qualifier at Allianz Field. So uh, both of us uh, picking out our layers as we speak here. Uh, but Matt, before we get all set to freeze our asses off tonight at Allianz, Let's jump into what's happening with Minneapolis City this season. So um, first year in USL 2, and I want to kind of take you back to the beginning here. When did you first start to hear about you know, this transition into a new league, potentially jumping into USL, and what were your initial thoughts or impressions considering you guys had been so dominant these last few years in the NPSL?
1: Yeah, so we started talking about it. I don't remember the exact timeline, but it was last year even I think around when we were in season, we were having this conversation, um, just kind of looking at the land. And, you know, soccer's pretty volatile. I mean, you just go back and look at NASL and, and everything that's associated with that. And it's, you know, it's it. the key is always trying to find Know, what's the right fit for the club? And even this year, like as we get into USL2, we're, we're still going to have a team in the NPSL or we're going to have players that are playing the NPSL. So it's it'll be a little bit different, but the the concept behind it is we want to get guys games. We want to try to continue to give the maximum number of people opportunities to play. So, but when we had the conversation, it was last year, and just kind of looking at it, we were kind of stemmed from is we had some higher level guys who chose to not. Come and play with us in 2021 or 2020, 2021, and just opted to go to USL two. And even though we as a club think that what we're doing is as professional as we can be, and that we kind of we think we rival some USL two clubs and how we go about things, the the optics and perception of it from a lot of players and even Division one coaches or any college coaches, USL two is the highest level amateur of of US soccer. So. For us to, to continue to kind of stay on the forefront of the club to give our players the best opportunities, that's really where we looked at it and said, you know, let's let's pursue this. Let's see if this is even a viable option. You know, what does this look like? And just started the conversation. And, you know, about a year later, this is this is where we're at.
0: What's that message going to be, or what has it been to the team regarding this transition? You know, you guys have won the NPSL North running away three years in a row. Uh, you know, national quarterfinalists. You know, you guys have really been one of the one of the banner clubs in NPSL from a nationwide perspective for the last handful of years. Now you're sort of entering a new venture in a conference with the defending USL League Two national champs. What are what's the what's the conversation with the team regarding expectations? regarding this year because it is something new it is you know no no offense to the npsl but that main that main league that you guys are in usl2 that is the main league that you guys are going to be in and it is a bit of a step up in competition theoretically i mean you mentioned the the player pool um you know sort of being being a little bit more uh more high quality in usl2 so what's that message to the team and the players regarding expectations for 2022 in comparison to what they've been used to these last few years having so much success in the npsl north
1: yeah, it's a great question. So it's two things. One, we knew going into this, like, we have to level up from a staffing perspective, from a player perspective, organizationally, we have to continue to push ourselves forward. And and that that's always been the goal, is that we continue to challenge ourselves. And, and I think the second you become complacent at this level, like, is the second that you start to dwindle away or, or start to regress. And so usl2 was a great opportunity because it, what kind of happened with it is we we have this original generation of guys who started this you know play players who started this five sixty million little kids the max D um you know abdallah ba, aaron also like guys who've been around us for a long time and now we're kind of getting into this next generation of guys you see like aurora driscoll who's been killing us out at new Hampshire, uh columbus Cruise academy and out in dayton and bernard Asabi rule played at green bay list goes on and on and on and so the message to the team has been hey we're entering into this new space it's uncharted waters for us as a club but we have to make sure that we go in and we're not just here to like tiptoe in and and feel it out And, and i've said in multiple training sessions already we're gonna pick up a baseball bat and we're gonna start swinging in both leagues that we're in and yep you know hopefully we hopefully we live up to that um, if not maybe we have to look at a uh, head coaching change. Um, but you know the point the point is with, with the success that we've had at the NPSL, we want that to continue and we want to also see that in the USL too as well. Now obviously as you mentioned, especially stepping into a conference that has Des Moines Metas, the uh, reigning national champions and will be going USL championship here in a couple of years like it's it's daunting. it's a big task. And, you know, but I I think for us, we're, we're ready for it. We're not going in with, you know, any rose colored glasses. We know that this is going to be a big challenge. And so I think one of the things that we've seen, at least we've tried to implement from a staffing perspective, from a staff perspective has been that, Hey guys, the level has to increase. So. You know, we've we've started filming our training sessions. There's pre-work and post-work that guys are doing to just get ready and on the same page in terms of what we're trying to do tactically. That's so night and day different from where we were in my first year in 2018, when it was kind of me and Adam showing up with a session plan that we had sketched out on a rough piece of paper. Like, So I think all of it's been great. I think all of it is is really good for us because, again, as a club, like we just we want that challenge. We don't want to stagnate and say, yeah, we've made it because You've never made it in soccer, ever, um, and we want to keep moving forward and yeah. keep making Minnesota soccer better is the goal.
0: You mentioned sort of the, the players that have, that have helped guide you guys to this point. Um, you've also mentioned interest that you've gotten from players sort of outside that Minneapolis City bubble, players that might have been outside the Minneapolis City bubble previously. So what, yeah. can, what can supporters of you guys expect from a, from a roster standpoint, specifically for that USL2 roster that I think is going to have a lot, a lot of the interest? the season yeah. being your first year. I mean, is it going to be mostly familiar names? Is it going to be mostly new guys? What's sort of that balance going to be like if you have an indicator? I do.
1: Yeah. I, so this is the first year where I've really gone out and, and recruited some guys and mm-hmm. it's guys that, you know, we've had a relationship with before, but um, you know, there are specific guys that I want in. Obviously, Rory O'Driscoll is one. We'll see if he ends up with us. I know he's got a few different options. Um, Cause he was actually on the team that, that was, that lost to Des Moines Menace in the USL two final. Um, yeah. I think it was North Carolina fusion U23. And so these are really good players and, and so to to tell them to hey come back and be part of this and and you get to build this legacy of what city is like these um, you know, selling points and 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 I think we will I think we will have a decent number of new faces I think you'll also see just some of the returning guys um, still be a part of that and, and and if you've you know anybody who's followed us on social media you've seen guys like Will Kid move to St Louis Max Egward has moved to Florida um, you know and so there's just some of these guys where that's that's just kind of the attrition that's going to happen, right? They move into different life spaces and, and that's okay. And and so part of the conversation that I've had with these guys, these newer guys is, Hey, this legacy that's here. Now you get to take it, you get to run with it. You get to make mm-hmm. it your own if you want. And, you know, one player in particular has taught that I was talking to Eli Goldman was really excited about just, you know, there's a difference between putting on a jersey and putting on a city jersey and it's just like you know when i put this on it means something to me i'm representing my community i'm representing the supporters and and you know all of the cool things that have come with city guys want to be a part of and so you know we're we're optimistic that we'll have some really good talent um, it, it's always you you believe it when they show up to training but i think uh i'm pretty sure that we we will we will have a pretty we will have a competitive roster in both leagues
0: uh you mentioned green bay as one of the you know places where uh you know we've gotten a, a player or two from considering that they're no they're not going to be in USL League 2 this year they're sort of um, I wouldn't say folding, but they said they're sort of postponing right. operations at this point. Um, have you guys gotten a lot of interest from g- former Green Bay players? Have you been actively reaching out to former players about, you know, maybe making Minneapolis City their their next place to play for 2022? What's that sort of been like in light of what's happening in Green Bay? And being that it's geographically kind of a little bit closer than some of those other uh, destinations
1: yeah it's interesting i haven't gotten a lot of interest from necessarily like former green bay players obviously like we know the coach at uw green bay that we've had guys like ian smith and bernard who have been a part of that organization or that 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 Mm -hmm. college and um but it has been interesting to see maybe not the direct from the voyagers not being here but maybe the indirect piece of other colleges who would have sent their players to green bay and so Mm -hmm. i spoke yesterday with the marquette head coach who was talking about, you know, trying to find places for players and, and what does that look like? And so it's, it's definitely had a ripple effect in that people are now looking for different options for their players. Cause it's like, Hey, in the summer, we got to make sure that our guys are, are still playing at a, at a good level. So not any necessarily like players in that sense, but it, it's, it is crazy. Just when you announce USL two just the interest that comes up from a, a number of different people that you didn't think were likely, but, um, but also a good thing, like a good problem to have where lots of people want to come and, and be a part of it.
0: Being that you're sort of getting closer to all three of these seasons, USL and PSL, UPSL. Um, you know, I, I got, I talked to Dan back in the fall when you guys first mm-hmm. announced sort of this, uh, this new, new venture into USL two, And he kind of gave me a, a yep. general outline of what that player pool, how vast and big that player pool was going to be. Being that you're closer, do you have it kind of narrowed down a little bit more on how many players are actually going to have in for you know combined all three teams
1: yeah so we are so the structure that we're theoretically going to have is we're going to have about 45 50 players on we're calling the first team those will then play in usl2 and npsl obviously with usl2 there's some a's restrictions of you have to have at least i think eight or ten players on to 23. so there's only so many limited spots you can give to guys it's not like the npsl you can have a lot of different you can have anybody basically so mm-hmm. um so it's a lot of guys but it's actually less than what we had last year between the first team and minneapolis city Two. we had about 70 guys between those two teams and the reason we carry a big roster like last year was the first year for the npsl that we had 18 players at every single game in years past like it's just the nature of lower tier soccer guys get hurt yeah. they go on vacation it's you know it's it's tough so we intentionally are carrying a bigger roster, knowing that we'll have injuries, we'll have some guys drop off uh, at times. And I, I think, as I've said to the players, you know, we're not ruling anybody out for either league or Open Cup. Obviously, Open Cup is different. If you're a college player, you can't play in it for eligibility reasons. But um, you know, the message has been, hey, it's all up for grabs. And and what we did mm-hmm. in December and January was, for the first time ever, we had like a eight weeks eight weeks of just player ID with our own guys where we looked at it and said, Hey, this is your trial period. Doesn't matter if you've been here for five years, doesn't matter if your first day, like you have to earn your spot. And, you know, we, we had to make some really hard decisions with some guys who have been here for a long time and have been part of the club and that's never easy and it's tough, but it's, it's just the reality of, as we go into this next period for city, we just have to level up in that standpoint. We have to find the right guys who are going to be able to be committed on and off the field and continue to move the club forward. So it will be a little bit bigger. We'll see from a managing perspective, what that looks like. Um, And I know that we're going to have to adapt in some different instances. And, but I think that's one of the things we as a staff and club are really good at is being able to adapt and figure out what the right fit is.
0: I'm curious how this impacts sort of your your role and kind of what all is on your plate from a city standpoint specifically. I mean, obviously, head coach for the USL League Two team that's kind of already been announced. I'm sure that's going to be your main focus. But I mean, you look at last year, how many Minneapolis City Futures players ended up making impacts on the main roster, not only in UPSL, but in PSL, too. So being that there's three teams plus the futures, how much are you having to keep your eye on in terms of making sure that, you know, from a USL standpoint, you constantly consistently have those best guys on the field at all times?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, I don't have a great answer to Uh, (laughs) kidding. No, it's honestly, and this ties into the conversation. Like I, I, we really do have a great staff and we have been so fortunate to find great people who are willing to give up a lot of their time to do this because it's a passion project and because you can similar to players you get a lot of inquiries about coaches and people who want to be a part of it but you really do have to find people who get it and Mm. people who are willing to to go that extra effort and 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 really what it comes down to is trusting them so you know whether it's it's michael and tori who are going to be working with me on the usl2 side i know that if if I have to miss something or just with training sessions, like I, I can give them stuff. I can, you know, empower them to take on to it. Same with, um, a couple of the other staff we're going to announce here for NPSL. Um, Marco Campaverde is a guy I started working with at Salvo in the last few months. Uh, is a great dude. Was out at Fargo, moved here. Um, same thing. Like he had some experience with Dakota Fusion. So he's, he's familiar with the NPSL landscape and understands it. And just a, a great dude who continually goes the extra mile, has the experience, has the ability to communicate well, um, who will be great. And then other guys like Seb Dixon, who has been out at Rush or what was uh, Blaine for a long time, um, from England, work in similar spaces, has experience. He'll be great. Uh, Derek Johnson, who's been our goalie coach, will kind of actually move up into an NPSL assistant role. And then obviously nice. the future staff. And you know what Jeremiah and Eli and Kyle and Brendan have all done with that have, have been awesome. And, and one of the things that I try to do is I try to get out to the future sessions, you know, if not on a weekly basis, on a biweekly basis. One, just because I like going out and watching soccer. Two, you get to kind of see the players and, and continue to have the conversations with the future staff of you know, how are guys doing, who who could be a good fit. And and we talked about that a lot with this year, like how do we create that pathway for futures? Because you know they're young, may not be, you know, like a Max Kent who's twenty four. I don't even know if he's twenty four, I'm making that up. But you know, like captain of Syracuse, right? You're not they're not going yeah. to be quite at that level yet, but they they could be and we want them to. And so how do we mm-hmm. get them in and continue to develop is, is a process. But again, if you look at like the best clubs in the world, they have an ability to you know, take that academy and make it better and, and integrate those players. And, you know, it's it'll be a process, but the good news with it is we have a lot of really, really good people who I trust completely and have shown that they can do a fantastic job and whatever their roles are, and, and it makes my job at least a little bit easier,
0: if not a lot easier. Well, let's let's uh you know dive into your uh, your staff on the USL League Two yeah. side. Um, you know, Tori, Tori, obviously Tori Burnett, another year with you. Uh, she was on the MPSL staff last year, moving up to that USL League Two staff with you this year. Um, you know, I've, talk, I've talked to John, I've talked to Dan, I've talked to pretty much everybody there is to talk to in Minneapolis City, and they they not yeah. say more good things about Tori and her impact on your program in just one year. Um, Being that you were on the sidelines with her, can you sort of kind of maybe try to encapsulate kind of what she's brought to the program and how much she's helped you from a head coaching standpoint too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So again, as maybe I should go the opposite way and and just downplay Tori since everybody else is building (laughs) up.
0: You got to balance it out. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. That's what we're here for. No, Tori, Story's phenomenal, and it's you know I've had people ask me the question, well, did you just bring her on because she's a woman? And unequivocally, no, like Mm -hmm. that was not it. It's it's a cool thing, and it's something that again, as I alluded kind of to in one of my tweets, like she she smashes glass ceilings, but that wasn't the intent with her. When when I saw her coach one time at a camp, I was like, she's really good friends with Justin and Tyler Oliver, and I called both of them. I was like hey what's the scoop of tori like she's a really good coach and they're both Mm -hmm. like yeah she's very good and it's not it's her demeanor it's how she delivers the message like her understanding like is is so good and what is what really impressed me about that particular instance was her ability to not know any of i think it was like a u14 girls a a pretty good team didn't know any of the girls instantly came in demanded high standards but Mm -hmm. Was fair about how she went about it, and I don't care if you know man, woman, whatever gender. It it, it doesn't matter. Like to, as a coach, if you can come in and do that, especially for somebody who I think when she was like twenty two or twenty three, unbelievably impressive. And so yeah. we started having the conversation about you know how is this something you would want to do, and obviously. She did and, and and not surprisingly came in and within her first session already had everybody's respect from a player standpoint and, you know, has, has been there ever since. And, you know, for me, for having someone like her uh, on on our staff is is huge because she loves defending and you don't have coaches who are super passionate about them saying not I want to go score goals. So to have her her insight and kind of her tactical knowledge obviously again big 10 studs as a center back is is huge and so from that standpoint is great she's she's a great balance between me and adam who have this tendency to kind of go over the top at times and and lose our our shit and get thrown out of games um so so to have her kind of bring that back to time, so can, like, and whatever is is great but in in her own right like very very competitive and wants to win too so no she every everything you've heard about her is probably still underselling the impact that she's had on on minneapolis city
0: i i hate to ask this question because the last thing we want to do on this podcast is stroke john Bisroom's ego at all but um <laughs> talking talking to tori last year on the podcast she had mentioned that like it wasn't really even like she didn't blink when she was asked to join the Minneapolis City staff. You know, in addition yeah. to everything else she's doing. Like, I feel like in a lot of other circumstances, you know, joining a, a lower league soccer team's coaching staff or an MPSL team's coaching staff, it's like, well, I already got this other stuff going on. I'm working with you stuff. You know, I, I have you know my regular job, whatever. But it seems like the people who join Minneapolis City, whether it's coaching staff, whether it's just helping out, whether it's the players seems like there's there's it's not even a decision it's like absolutely we want to be part of this culture that minneapolis mm-hmm. city is sort of uh developing um you know mm-hmm. how does that i guess from your stand, standpoint as a coach how nice is it knowing that hey if i reach out to somebody about potentially joining our staff or be part of what we're doing there's a pretty good chance that they're <laughs> going to be interested because we're, we're we're cool we're kind of cool and people want yeah. to what we're doing. Yeah,
1: I mean, it definitely makes it easier. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, to find to find those people, but no, I, I mean, I, I I've, you're right. It, more than anything, like the culture of what Minneapolis City is 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 what keeps us sustainable. And again, lower tier soccer, it's a it's it's the long game, right? Can you continue to survive year after year, and and not just survive but thrive? And that's been paramount to our success and, and I've, I've talked about it with other people before like it is there's a cool there's an edginess it's fun but I to me what I come back to is really it's two things it's authenticity and it's community and I know those are buzzwords that people kind of throw out in a lot of different aspects and, and, and use as kind of marketing tools but for us it really is like that that is who we are and whether it's between us as a staff us as staffing players supporters anybody like that that has to be who we are and the only rule we have is no assholes That is, we just have a no asshole policy and it it served us really well because you can be a jerk you can be even a little bit cocky you just can't be an asshole and you know the 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 culture is such that we we tend to attract those kind of people and more importantly we, we retain those kind of people and so and I think what it comes down to, the authenticity piece is, you know, we know as a staff that we are, are all putting in a ton of hours that for those of us who are lucky to get paid, we're still drastically underpaid, like what we could be making elsewhere. And so there's kind of a solidarity camaraderie about, hey, how do we like I'm, I'm willing to do this because I know you're doing the same for me. Mm-hmm. The players know that we're doing it. We know the players are giving up their time. Um, And it's really unique and it's really rare. And and it's truly like the reason that I'm at city because, you know, I love soccer and and, and where I am in my position, but ultimately it's, it's that community and those relationships that I think keep all of us here and and keep the club being what it is. Uh,
0: Another coach you're retaining for 2022. uh, Another coach entering their second year with the Crows is Michael Prunty um, leading the UPSL squad last year to a national quarterfinal in its first season in existence. I have to imagine guys really didn't know what to expect with that UPSL yeah. squad heading in and then all yep. of a sudden you know advancing the exact same length in the playoffs as the NPSL squad pretty yeah. cool um undefeated as well uh, on yep. the UPSL side so i mean uh, I, this is kind of a, a loaded question but like how much of a no brainer was it to bring michael onto your staff and how much of a void does that leave the, you know, the the NPS or the UPSL, um, you know, bringing a guy like Michael, you know, what are kind of both sides to that coin yeah. in terms of elevating Michael to that, to that main coaching staff?
1: Absolutely. Well, to answer your first question, it was even less of a no brainer uh, to mm. bring Michael along and, and be part of it. Uh, he is one of the smartest coaches I've met from a tactical standpoint, and he loves it and he's passionate. And so... For as much as like he's my assistant, I, I really it's a peer to peer thing where I'm learning from him and asking questions because it's it, it, I'm just it's part of my growth as a coach. And so uh, it, it's been huge. And we were really fortunate that he decided to stay with us because mm-hmm. he did have some other offers and I'm um sure. He could have gone elsewhere, and 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 I honestly like we we thought we were gonna lose him, which is, and we started talking to some other coaches. Yeah. But he he came back, and he'll he'll admit this too: is his his wife signed off on it, and she was like, <laughs> "No, you need to be with Minneapolis City. They're awesome." Like, okay, yeah. so, but it's it's huge, and it's that same thing where you see somebody like that who's very knowledgeable, worth their weight in gold from a soccer coaching perspective willingly give up a ton of other time and money and even probably bigger titles to stay with us. Like it it says a lot. And mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm really grateful and humble that he chose us because he didn't have to, but so that's, that's huge. And like you said, the national corner final for a team that that was their first season in the UPSL, huge. And that's mm-hmm. a big credit to him being able to manage and coach that. On the flip side, yeah, it absolutely leaves a void um, in terms of like with NPSL and, um, you know, maybe with UPSL, although the Futures futures mm-hmm. staff is going to run the UPSL. So yep. th- that's how they'll do that. But it's, you know, for every door that closes, you know, a window opens, right? And so to to have an opportunity to see some of these new staff like Marco and Seb, like, hey, this is your opportunity. We think you guys can do it. And, you know, so far they've shown that they're up to, the task and so i you know similar to michael i think it's like hey this is a new opportunity for somebody new who we think is going to do a fantastic job
0: absolutely um let's talk about the uh, other minnesota team in usl league 2 saint croix yeah. um when you guys signed on to join usl league 2 i have to imagine you guys didn't anticipate you would have a uh, a twin cities derby rival in your new league um obviously you have joy athletic and and other mm-hmm. minnesota clubs in the npsl but now The sort of inter-Twin Cities Minnesota rivalry sort of sticks uh in the USL League Two. How big is that for you guys? And I mean, you guys obviously could have, um, I think based off USL League Two's options, you guys could have sort of marked off the territory and you know made sure that you guys were the only USL team Mm too, kind of in the area, or USL League Two team, I should say, in the area, but you guys left it open, and obviously that that opened the door for St. Croix. But I mean, how much how excited are you to sort of have that Twin Cities rivalry? Um, not only from a fan interaction standpoint, but hey, this is uh, one match where we don't have to travel nearly as far.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd be lying if if we said we made the decision to give up some territory rights simply because we're super altruistic. Um, that's <laughs> not entirely true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helps to have a, a team locally that you can kind of go and play and... and, and um, yeah, no, I mean, I... I like you said, though we, when we had the conversation with USL 2 the there was the option to say this is market, this is our territory, and, and let's keep it. And you know, we our whole thing, and I don't know if everybody believes us when we say this. Our whole thing really is to see Minnesota soccer be better, and whether it's when we cut players or we do open trials. Like I, I tell guys, I want you to continue to play, even if it's not for us. And and the dream, mm-hmm. maybe not the dream. And I don't even say I love it, but I hope there's a day where like there's somebody who we cut and they score a goal, a game winning goal against us and say, hey, you should have kept me. Right. Mm Because it's for us to continue to be better, to be challenged. There has to be competition. And, you know, there's all sorts of different characters within youth soccer, not just youth soccer, but soccer in general. But, you know, when we knew St. Croix, was the other option especially because you know justin and tyler oliver who have been with us are guys that we know and love we know that they're going to be part of that building process um know mm-hmm. most of the guys over at st croix and, and it's like hey this is a really cool opportunity. um and if if you competing against us makes us better awesome let's go for that so yeah there's mm-hmm. too much benefit to not do it um and and the reality is too is just like you know we even with three teams, you can give every single player opportunities. And so if there's other clubs, there's other people who have that shared, you know, joy, who have that shared passion for for developing awesome. Go do that. And, you know, for as much guff as we give Med City and Duluth and others, like I absolutely respect what they're doing, because it's all, none of us are doing this to make millions of dollars It's just because we love it. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, we can compete. We can be rivals. We can, you know, throw the Twitter barbs back and forth. That's okay.
0: But at the end of the day, we're
1: all trying to make the game better in our, our local area. So I I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm I won't have to I will have to go to Canada once this year. Uh, that'll be great because multiple trips to there or even Chicago is way too far. I would much would much rather drive to Stillwater on, on a Wednesday than, than Peoria. But it is what it is.
0: Last two questions here Matt. Appreciate the time. These are the two most important questions of the interview by the way. Absolutely. Um, how <laughs> how bored are you and how empty do you feel that you don't need to hate tweet Arsenal every weekend? Now, I mean, six in the table, they're getting results. <laughs> I mean, I mean, being disgruntled is part of being an Arsenal fan. So how are you coping with the I, with is. the somewhat success of the of the yeah. Gunners this season? It's uh, there
1: has been a large loss of meaning in my own personal life because that has not (laughs) been there on a consistent basis. So I'm, I am dealing to cope with that, but I'm also fairly creative and will always find things in that pick, but no, it's, it's been good. And I, yeah, I, I, there's not a whole lot bad you can say about Arsenal. Are they going to win the league? No, but they're young, they're exciting. Like there's some good Mm -hmm. players and, you know, I have a love hate with Arteta. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. But At the very least, like I just – like I've said for years, I just want to be interested in when you're losing to teams that are, you know, bottom of the table and you're not even in contention for a Europa League spot. Like, that sucks. Mm. Like, I'm not interested in that. So, it's been great. I mean, you know, come back to me in a month's time and, you know, if we're fighting off relegation, maybe I'll feel differently. But (laughs) for the time being, it's
0: it's all right. It's all right speaking of fighting off relegation if you're looking for a new team to hate tweet you're, there's room at the rock bottom uh, that is everton right now so i mean if you want to if you want to jump on board and get it on the ground floor and I, have something to hate I might. and be angry at yeah, there's room
1: yeah i do i do need that in my life i need yeah. i just need that that piece so i'll, I'll look into it i, right, I don't mind sounds
0: that. good Sounds good. Uh, Final question. Like I said, we're recording this before the U.S. Miss national team qualifier. Uh, We're both going to be there in attendance at Allianz Field. This episode drops on Friday. So uh, what we're going to do here, Matt, is we're going to we're going to recap. We're going to have you recap the experience of being at Allianz for this match without before actually going to the match. So we're going to fast forward here. Matt, how did it feel being at Allianz Field in below zero temperatures to watch the U S men's national team against Honduras? Well,
1: I'm going to rewind and basically say, this is probably going to be my last will and Testament. So for <laughs> my, my children and my children's children, I love you very much. Um, I had to die to go watch the men's national team, but it was worth it. So I, uh, it, it, it sucked, man. It, it was so cold. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I saw, you know, thankfully, I saw uh, U.S. Soccer is providing us all hand warmers, yes. uh, and then they told us that we can go into the stairwells and bathroom stalls if we need warmth. That was great. Uh, I, lot, I met a lot of new friends that mm-hmm. way um, for life, which is great, um, you know, because when you when you are faced with life and death, uh, bonds and relationships go pretty quickly. So for sure, a lot of new friends made from that. Um, I do have a, a visit tomorrow, Saturday to make sure, uh, all of my frostbitten hands and toe or feet and toes, uh, are still there. Uh, don't need to be amputated, but, uh, no, it was, it was great. And it was just unfortunate that on Honduras one four zero, but you no, know, there's always one, So,
0: Hey, nothing connects humans more than frostbite. I tell you what, that's, that's uh, especially right. here in Minnesota. All 100%. right, Matt Van Benscoten, head coach of Minneapolis City SC. Hey, this is your first time on Ten Thousand Pitches, by the way. Yes, um, it is. I don't Thank know how. You. I don't know how we've gone more than seventy-five episodes and not had I you. I mean, on. I won't. A, I won't take it personally. Wall.
1: I mean, you know, but that's fine. <laughs> no,
0: it's not somebody. Stupid. Somebody's getting fired, Matt. That's all I have to tell yeah. you. somebody's getting fired. Probably DJ. Oh wait. Oh wait, I'm the guest booker. Never mind. Maybe I need to fire myself. <laughs> All right, rushing out. That's that's gonna be the, the new hashtag. Rushing out of the Ten Thousand Pitches podcast. Uh, Matt, appreciate I the like time, you. man. Thank rushing you so much. Out. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Did you have me on? And uh, let's go. For you.